0: Welcome to the Susan Winter Show. Here you'll find practical tips and tools to address your most pressing concerns on love, dating, and partnership. And now, here's your love and life mentor, Susan Winter. Hey there, it's Susan Winter. Welcome to my channel. Thanks for coming back and joining me. Today, I have a discussion that many of you have asked about limerence. What is it? Is it real? Can this work out for me? Is this the love of my life? Or worse yet, how do I get out of this loop of obsession? So everyone, Susan Winter here, best-selling author, relationship expert, answering your questions on love, life, dating, and everything in between. Limerence. I don't use this phrase often. Well, to be honest, it's fairly new in our lexicon. It was developed in the late 70s through a lot of research, but many of you are using it more now because you've done a lot of work with attachment theory, and it seems to blend into this. In short, I will not go over the psychological, but I would rather talk about what you're feeling, why it's overpowered you, how to get out of the loop of this type of very very powerful, attractive obsession and help you get out of it and differentiate between that and a real attraction, a real soulmate, a real twin flame. Okay. Because there are a lot of distinctions. Limerence is almost an uncontrollable desire, obsession, attraction, That you find to a person that is so all consuming that it alters the way you think about relationships and love altogether. It will be marked by you saying to yourself, to me, as your coach, to friends, I've never felt this way before. I'm telling you, I have never, ever had such a powerful knowledge and it. It's like they get me, I just, I know there's something about this person I've never felt this way before. And you may well be right. You probably never had that many hormones and drugs going off in your system at the same time because it is a mental obsession that's fueled by desire. And underneath all of this, whether you're conscious of it or not, is the knowledge that this is either unobtainable or short-lived. There's unsafe footing. This is what makes it so intoxicating, so powerful. It is the fact that your footing is unsure and unsafe that makes it so very difficult. It's part of the draw. I worry that many of you have met somebody or had a brief date and you've had a chat, maybe a dinner together, and you are certain that this is your twin flame. Just because nobody understands me, nobody gets me. I mean, it's like everything is the same, everything we want, everything we do. I mean, it's like unbelievable and I've never felt this way and there's something about them and I could just see us together and you're just, you're off and filling in all the spaces. I do agree. That it can get very confusing nowadays because many of these terms are similar and bleed together. A crush is an, a distant love affair, a, a, a desire to be with somebody that lives in fantasy that is probably never going to happen. Somebody you know very briefly that you can't that you can't be with, and it can be replicating the highs and lows of a real relationship. That's part of the beauty of a crush. It's based in fantasy, but it's powerful because you're getting to live out your dreams on a blank canvas of this human being with whom you imbue with these incredible qualities and the possibilities of life together. And then there's infatuation, that first romantic stage of attraction that really hooks us. And if you really, really think about it, if we weren't hooked in the beginning, So many of us would say, yeah, you know, I don't know this. uh, I didn't want somebody with kids. They've got kids. I don't know. I didn't want to move to Nebraska. They live in Nebraska. I didn't want to date, you know, a pro athlete, whatever you would stop yourself. Most of us would stop ourselves from entering a relationship. If we weren't subject to infatuation, that over the top emotion, the difference with limerence, is that it so powerfully masks something inexplicable to you that that is so real. You really think this is the one. And when you dissect it, you haven't known them that long. It's a very rapid attachment based on a lot of projection and not a lot of really concrete evidence. But once you get on that Dopamine train and everything else, it just keeps escalating. Now, the fuel underneath this, the unpredictable nature of what's going to happen. Sometimes they give you a little attention. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're available. Sometimes they aren't. You don't know if they're, they're really into you. They're kind of into you. This is why with players, perfect. You've heard me talk about the hot and cold stages. This is the thing that gets you in the gate somebody you might not have even found yourself attracted to, now you are literally obsessed with, and then they pull back. Now, can people consciously create limerence? They can create an obsession. Limerence can feel, and actually really replicates an addiction. You become addicted to this person, and worse yet, you get on the hamster wheel of ups and downs. One minute you live in hope, the next minute you're in despair. And the worst thing is that your mind gets hijacked. It's not your heart. See, that's the difference. It's your mind. It is a mental state that catalyzes some kind of a, an emotional thing. It just bumps up next to it. So this is what's so terrifying. You're probably not sleeping. You can't concentrate. Somehow, And the person, they grow, they grow like an addiction. I mean, they become bigger in your mind and they take over your life and everything's about them. And then you start calling people, you start booking, you know, with coaches, you're trying to figure it out. You go to psychics, you go to all these people because you got to know, you got to know because you have this feeling, this feeling, this feeling. Thankfully, it can be short-lived. If the object of your desire withdraws, eventually you get no more hope, and eventually you will self-correct and let go. But it is a very powerful feeling. And we hear the terms feelings aren't facts, but how can you tell? I don't blame you for being confused. How do we know the difference between just a casual crush that kind of gives us a little bounce in our step and makes us look forward to going to that meeting, that gym, whatever, going into that restaurant that we might see that person and the difference between infatuation when we're actually involved with somebody and limerence where we're kind of in a deadly loop of losing ourselves and over-evaluating another person? Well, the first thing is to lean back and ask yourself, Hmm. How susceptible am I to being over the top in love right now? Well, you think it's love. It's not. It's limerence. How susceptible am I? Am I lonely? Am I just tired of not having somebody? Did this person come by and kind of give me a spark of hope? Is this why I'm in it? Did I just leap because, heck, I wanted to leap? And they gave me a little bit of encouragement. Or maybe they're giving me a lot and then they're pulling away. They're giving me a lot. Did I get hooked? Yeah. Yeah is it love? Love is not so flashy, folks. Love is kind of, you know, consistent is boring and boring is predictable. And love is the person that shows up, you know, racing to get to the hospital if you have something wrong with you. You know, that's that person who's got your back. They're an imperfect human being. They're not on a pedestal. They're a regular person and you can see their flaws with the object of your desire. With this limerence, you don't see them as perfect. You see them as idealized. And even when that veneer cracks, you don't want to see it. You choose not to see it. You'll find a justification for it. We do need to follow our hearts but we need to incorporate our minds. So if you are caught in a loop, no, one, it's not love. It's obsessive thinking and obsession. Two, if it were love, you would feel it consistently from that person. You'd have some glitches, but you'd be with them. Three, how well do you know them? How long have you known them? How long have you been on this ride together? You'll know if you've gone past the infatuation stage of a regular relationship that's kind of normal and healthy with its normal challenges, and you're not staying up all night and thinking about them. You're kind of getting to a point of coupledom, and it's, it's healthy and feels good. And the infatuation may have died down. You don't run to the door in like your little lingerie or something anymore, and you don't maybe try as hard, but you, you've got a loving partnership. Limerence is very, very different. So I don't want anybody to get caught in a loop of being controlled by obsessive thoughts or having an addictive attraction to somebody that they don't know well, because then you have lost yourself. And the regaining of yourself is really just a series of honest questions. One, is this person really in your life and participating as a full-on partner or somebody who wants to be a partner? Two, are they really in your corner? Are you in constant communication with each other? If so, okay, you might be heading into a relationship. Three, is it sustainable? Are they really there for you? So I hope this clears things up. I know we attach to people because of early traumas and bonds and ah, templates that we have from our childhood. And if you happen to know your pattern, that is another way out. If you know that you're susceptible and you know it's going way too fast, too soon, and it's way over the top, I urge you to take that as a sign that this may not be the real thing. So Susan Winter here, and don't hesitate to set up a consultation with me if you want to sort this out. I'd love to be able to help you to get to the clarity so that you can create the kind of relationship you want with this person, if that is indeed possible, and to give you options that are really good for you if it is not. And maybe, as the Dalai Lama said, maybe you find a better one. Susan Winter for SusanWinter.net. Thanks a lot.